The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. As always, I am your host, JJ, joined by the man with the biggest arms in the suite level at Yankee Stadium, Keith McPherson. Flexing. We're recording, we're recording this very early on Tuesday morning because we've got busy days ahead of us, and I feel like you can hear it in our voices. Still waking up, or at least yeah, I'm still waking up. Definitely in, in your voice and my voice. Like You can tell we haven't been up for that long. Like, I haven't said that many words yet today. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like I need some warm-up words. Like My wife is still like in bed, so it's like I couldn't even <laughs> like talk to her to be like, hey, can I just can I get loose on you? Yeah, no, all I said was, uh, bye. My, my fiance just left. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, man, I get it. So, I mean, I hate to just like beat it into the ground, but you know, pretty good week to be a Yankee fan. Always. It's always. always a good week to be a Yankee fan. When we lost last spoke last Tuesday, um, the Yankees were getting ready to try to bounce back from a loss to the Rays in a four game series. And we said, We've got the best stopper in the league on the mound in CC Sabathia. You know, if we lose a game, I feel better with CC on the mound. Now, uh, recording this on Tuesday after Monday's loss, ah, maybe it didn't hold up as well. But <laughs> for that se- for that series, which m- meant more, you know, against Tampa, it just meant more. It put us in a position to really put them out of uh, you know out of reach for us. CC comes in, you know, has a great game. Gets things going for us. We have, you know, a Didi Grand Slam, a big judge home run. Uh, and it was funny because that was on back-to-back days from that Monday and Tuesday. First, Edwin did it. Then Judge did it. Hit a long foul ball, like just foul. And then very next pitch went deep. So it was a good way to, like, start turning that series around. Because when we went from only being up six games to be only being up five games, uh, you know, Yankees Twitter obviously freaked out. Your favorite people in the world. Oh yeah, these uh Yankees Twitter people. They're they're not my favorite, but I just 
I deal with them a lot. I try to follow everybody back. I try to reply to everybody's tweets. And in that, you're going to see uh, a whole uh, range of thoughts and things. And yeah, Yankees Twitter, uh, love you guys, but not really. Um, either way, that series against the, the Rays was like, I don't know, like NFL turning point. Like if you ever watch NFL turning point, it's like something has to happen to like get the gears going, get, you know, guys fired up, get guys like running on all cylinders. Um, and it was weird, obviously, with the New York weather, the rain, um, you know, hit us again. We got another postponed game and then we had the doubleheader and I don't know, a bunch of things that just like went our way and kind of like got people fired up again. Because when we lost that 5-4 game, it was like, come on. And then we're looking at Travis Darna and... uh the Rays, and it's like, are these guys really going to compete with us or are we going to put them away? It's funny that you mentioned it as like the turning point because on the Monday game, when Edwin hit those two home, hit those home runs, it was like, oh, wow, is this like his game? You know, is yeah. this his turning point? And then Travis Arnold sucked the wind out of the sails for everyone. You know, again, Yankee Twitter just kind of, you know, started to crumble. Then we do, we go out and we finish out that series. And in what really could be the turning point of the season in terms of just really lengthening that lead that we have. Hell yeah, man. And I, I looked at it like this. I'm like, hey, it's the second half now. Uh, we know what happens at the end of the second half. We needed some type of something to happen. Something, even, you know, whether it was CC manufacturing a beef, whether it was uh, Guardy banging on the dugout. And then Aaron Boone with the quote of the year, the savages in the box. I'm like, we need something to, to fire these guys up and motivate the, these guys and the fans to know like, hey, this is the second half push starting now. We, we all know what the mission is. So let's talk about Thursday. First of all, Thursday for you as an individual was an adventure because as we talked about, it was David Cohn bobblehead day, yeah. bobblehead night, very yeah. specifically bobblehead night. Then there's a rain out. And I guess no one really thought about it until it was maybe like one o'clock. The Yankees tweet like we're giving out bobbleheads for the day game. So you right. had to like you had to scramble. Yeah, I was in meetings and uh, I was up uptown, downtown. And I got out of uh, my like like last meeting at like twelve thirty one. And I went outside to get lunch and I saw that it wasn't raining and I checked Twitter and I cleared my schedule. I think by like 1.30, I was dropping my MacBook off at my fiance's job and telling people, hey, I'm going to the stadium because I wanted that bobblehead. And I didn't I didn't think that we were going to play those games because if you looked at the forecast in the morning, like you know how you'll do that sometimes. You'll, you'll glance at the forecast yeah. in the morning before work and you're like, oh, it's going to rain, even if it's 40%. Like it's going to rain all day. We're not playing these games. Then you're in meetings and you're taking phone calls and you're talking and you're working and you're doing things. And then you're like, wait, this is going to happen. So I figured out how to get down there. I didn't have any Yankees gear on. I'm wearing like a, a polo shirt that I would wear in an office. And I don't know. I made it happen. But I got into the stadium at like 2.15 and everyone was just hanging out in the stadium for two hours until the game was played. So I had time to shoot my uh, unboxing video. I had time to get a couple beers, move around, um, wait for them to every 30 minutes say, we'll have another update for you in, in 30, 30 minutes. minutes. <laughs> That was that was funny. And this is why I have a guy who tweets me the weather every morning. I've had a guy send me the weather, my weather forecast every morning for like yeah, four that's years. That's convenient. I need something like that. I might have to tune into your uh your Twitter guy. Um 
Yeah, that was I couldn't imagine sitting there, especially for like what you were going there for. Of like, I'm trying to grab this bobblehead so I can make this video. And then it's like, but like you don't want to leave before they play any baseball. And then when they're just like, oh, in 30 minutes, in 30 minutes, in 30 minutes. Yeah, there was just a weird energy in the stadium. Uh, I guess they gave out like, I don't know, 18,000 bobbleheads, but there definitely wasn't 18. Like there were so many bobbleheads and I feel like everyone got one. As with the Captain America, Mariano Rivera bobblehead, there must have been five because they were gone in the first (laughs) 10 minutes. Um, But yeah, when I say there was weird energy in the stadium, it was very quiet in the stadium. And uh, watching it was the like start a high of that game, game. It was like yeah. a high school game. Watching the start of that game, you could hear everyone. So like Judge, Judge is batting, pitch is low, and you can hear everyone's voices talking about Judge's strike zone. And that's not it. And people are starting to get at the ump. And then Gardner comes in and he starts banging the dugout. I'm sitting in 114. You can hear him banging on the dugout. And you just know something is happening. Something is coming because it's quiet in the park. And this ump had a shitty ass start. And then next thing you know, Boone comes out of there. And I have a little video where I'm like, oh, we knew this was coming. We we knew this was coming. But there was no way for us to know what was coming. There was no way for us to know what he actually said until later. So I went to, I don't know, it might have been like 2016. I went to a game. It was a doubleheader. So like similar thing. Uh, but it was a Saturday doubleheader, single admission. And as soon as I got there, someone from the team offered me to go up into a suite. So I went up there, and there were some people in the suite. But for the second game, the Yankees lost, and they're not making the playoffs. They So maybe it was 2015. I don't remember what year. So the uh, we're playing the Blue Jays. They lose the first game. Second game, it starts to rain. Everyone leaves. And it was the same thing. There was like no one in the stadium. Strowman was pitching, so it was just like Mike Studd sitting behind the plate, and he was like the only person <laughs> there at, with Josie Canseco. And you could hear like everything every player said. So it is very weird when they do that. There was also a game when the um, where there were the riots in Baltimore, and they played an Orioles game with no one in the stands. I remember that, <laughs> and like th- like that was a broadcast you just tuned into just to like see what it was like, and you know you could hear the players talking to each other. So, and Aaron Boone says that's kind of to blame for what happened. And so in the first game, there's a bad call on Judge. Boone's getting a little fired up. Bad call on Gardner. Boone's giving it to him a little bit more. And when you hear the whole thing where he's really, it's not that bad because he's kind of doing it in a way where he's being encouraging. He's just yelling at the umpire. Um, oh, what the hell is his name? Brendan. Uh, Brendan. Brendan Miller. And he's just yelling, yeah, "Come guy. on, come on, Brendan! You're better than that. You could do it. Let's go! Come it's on, cool dad, tight, man! It's tighten Bruce, it up. Bruce tighten it up, cool dad. Yo, it's like he knows the lingo, and he's like he's like reprimanding one of your friends that like does something stupid at your house. Like he he wants to lay into him, but he doesn't want to completely destroy the kid. He's like, he, he even had empathy. Like, he felt bad for him. He's like, you're having a terrible start. Tighten that <laughs> shit up. <laughs> and then he even looked at uh, Chiritos. He's like, that guy's a good pitcher. But our guys are fucking savages in that box. Get it together. It's like, Boone was trying to, like, talk to everyone, like, on the field, like, politely, but also, like, fire his guys up. 
I don't know. It was I, I had no idea what he was saying. Everyone was just clapping. I'm like, yeah, get your money's worth. I had no idea he was going to have the savages in, savages in the box quote come out of his mouth. I'll be honest. After, like, I turn on the game, and it's still the work day, so I've got, like, the game on in the background, and it's one of those games where you're like, all right, like, I hope we just score some runs early. And so, like, I could finish my work day and then, like, maybe watch the night game. But then yeah. we go down two runs early. And then you could just tell with these, with the, the pitches, there was, even through the TV, you could feel the energy of, like, shit. Something's going to happen today. Boone's going to get tossed. So I'm going to have to pay attention at some point. And it's been an issue. I mean, we talked about it last week with the umpires. Now, I don't know. I, I didn't do the research to see. Uh, where, uh, like, Brendan Miller is on the scale of, like, missing a lot of calls or not missing a lot of calls. But the end result of it was Aaron Boone gets suspended for a game. He had to he had to miss Friday night's game. And it may surprise some people, but I think that's totally fine. I think Aaron Boone deserved to be suspended one game for that tirade. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that little clip went super viral. Um I don't even think he was ranting for a minute and that went viral. And it's, it's a thing like this major league baseball, you know, they don't want you using um, profanity. They don't want you talking about savages in the box. My guys are fucking savages in that box. So like they have to suspend. I think Joe Torrey, uh, you know, just, it's always funny one game. Like and he, I'm sure he can relate, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think like the whole thing there was, if Boone didn't get thrown out, Gardner was going to get thrown out. Uh, yeah. Like someone Gardner was, was going to get tossed. <laughs> yeah, someone was going to get tossed. So Boone did the right thing and put himself there, you know, before someone like Gardner got tossed. Because not only Gardner was he banging on the ceiling, but then he was on the railing. He was going to say something and get thrown out. So he tried to divert the attention. Uh, Boone said his kids look at him funny after that. Um, and he said, you know, really like the cursing and stuff. He's like, I'm not proud of it. Uh, but I just, you know, I didn't think the microphones were going to get me. And I think part of it was that <laughs> really like no one was there. You yeah, know, the mics were hot, man. You could, that's what I'm telling you. You could hear everything. And as a fan, like we're cheering with fans that are sections and rows away from us because we can hear them and see them. And like some guy was doing a like Ric Flair woo, just Woo! That's good, clean fun. <laughs> and it's, it's like everyone was doing like an echo of like the woo. And I don't know. It, I knew something was going to happen and it was just a perfect storm. And I'll take it. Um, shout out to John Boy. That video did like three million that he put together with the like, you know, doing the voiceovers and having like the subtitles. And it's just a moment that we'll remember when we talk about the DVD. It's a it's a moment that we'll we'll remember for sure. Like, yo, that was like some kind of turning point, or that did something to this team um, because no one was really expecting that. And how many T-shirts have been manufactured? Honestly, the Bronx Pinstripes one is the best looking one, but everybody ran with that quote in those. So and stole our exact design. There's another yeah, website I mean, selling our exact design. Um, Copycat League, man. Copycat League. Everybody wants to be the first. Everyone wants to get down and. Uh, with the Yankees this year, I, I think I put something on Facebook, which I don't always do, but I put a Facebook status. I was like, if you like the Yankees at any point in your life and like you you fell off or, you know, one season you didn't pay attention. I was like, now is the time to pay attention. Like some some interesting energy is going on with this team. Something is happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. People are, are definitely you know going to pay more attention. I think with the 
um, like the Boone thing. There was a lot of people who were like Mets fans or Red Sox fans who were like, you wanted to fire this guy yesterday. And now because he had this tirade, you want to keep him. It's like, no, no, we didn't. No one wanted to fire Aaron Boone, who got us in first place while having none of his players for the first half of the year. Like he just managed a triple A team to the best record in baseball. This is just kind of the icing on the cake because he's a guy who doesn't really show a ton of emotion. And as a fan base, we get very fired up. It's funny. The next day he does kind of like step it back a little bit and say, Brennan yesterday, I thought he certainly handled the situation with a lot more class than I did, but I also thought it turned into a really good game. Um, Yeah, it was. And I mean, it was a whole, it was a great night. We took, we took both games of the double header. I don't know. That was awesome. I mean, we, I'm fine with him being suspended the one game, but now this goes to what I said last week. What is a punishment for Brennan Miller for missing all of those calls? Because it's not a matter of like, I get it. Maybe we're talking about three balls and strike calls over a two inning period, like period. And you're just like, well, really, is that a lot in the grand scheme of the game? Not necessarily, but if one of, if a manager is saying, like, yo, you've clearly messed up, and now you clearly have messed up again, and people are pissed off, and then yeah. the very next pitch is several inches outside, and you call that a strike, now is it that you're not good at your job, or are you trying to spite Boone back for telling you to be better and to tighten it up? I don't know. We'll never know. And I was, I don't know. I was looking at it like this, man. It was a postponed game the day before. And then the one o'clock start got delayed till four o'clock. It's like, yo, get ready to go. Um, Brennan, like, I don't think he was ready to go. Like, we're, this is a real game. Like, this is live. Like, these games count. This is AL East. Like, pick it up. Like, these guys are ready to play. You're not on your job. And there should be some type of penalty for that. There should be some type of I don't know, like, what does he not get put on like a premium game or does he have to like, does he get suspended for a week or have to go through like retraining or something? Because like, that's what it that's what it looked like to me. It's like, yo, this is a division rival. These games are important. This is like, I think we play what the Rays two more times or something like this is pretty much it. We've been playing them. We've been playing them every week. Um, and we're trying to take these games from them, and you're not helping us out in any way. You are not ready to do your job. We're ready to do our job. Get it together. I'd really like to see in the next like collective bargaining agreement for the Umpires Association something put in there where it's like, even if it's not throughout the season, but if at the end of the season they say, here are the standings of our umpires. Based on some formula they figure out or whatever it is, and they say, like, here's our top 20 umpires or whatever it is. Give yeah. me a power rankings. And then maybe like one and 20 are on the same that you like. Then show me how the playoff like um, umpiring units are going to be built from picking out of those. And I want people to be like officially power ranked because, again, they're not making no money. They're making yeah. Over a half a million dollars a year to do this job. And I get it that, like, you know, if you go to the Umpires Association and say, like, listen, we need more transparency in this. And they say, well, like, that's not what our guys sign up. Good. Go do another fucking job. Because there is all these guys in AAA who are umpiring who would love this opportunity. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is definitely one of the years between the robot umps and between 
you know, guys like Boone tearing into an ump, like something's going to change. And I mean, even with like the we, we talk about it on the podcast, like every other week with like Manny Machado and them coming out and tweeting, like, I think this offseason going into like the winter meetings or something like people are going to start figuring it out because enough is enough, man. <laughs> it's 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 too much of a it's too much of a conversation, too much of a topic to not get like resolved or worked on. I think it's only going to get worse, too, because. I think there's momentum behind it when you see, like, it starts off with... I, I really think with that Machado tweet, they open themselves up to a lot more criticism than they're probably used to in the past. So then you've got Machado saying something. Now you have this very public boon rant. And last year, we got... It was old video, but it was, like, Terry Collins with the, like, our asses in the jackpot. Yeah. And when you get those quotables, <laughs> too, you know, it, it's fine. And, like, Boone bumped his hat, which... It's, a, you know, a bitch thing to complain about, but whatever. But I just think as we get into August and it's hotter out there and teams are competing for a second wild card spot, these managers have now seen, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to get, especially with the Yankees winning that game and then coming back and winning another game. You go, you know what? Maybe I get fired up. My team takes two. Yeah. And I love it. And I know as a Yankee fan, you got to be at home loving it because whether it's CC manufacturing it or Boone, you know, stepping out there to show his guys that he's in the trenches with them. It's like, yo, we are dead serious. This is a competition. We are fighting. We're trying to go to the World Series. And if you're standing in the way of that or you're counting against that with calling balls and strikes wrong, then get out of the way. Just I, get out of the way. I do think that CC Sabathia just straight up wants to fight someone this year. I think he wants to go out on his just way out fucking yeah. punches. Like, yeah. yeah. And he's a big dude. That's the thing. Like, I don't care about him being old. I don't care about his knee. At, when it comes to like a baseball brawl, him throwing hands, I think he just wants to get like close enough to like be in the scuffle a little bit. <laughs> I don't even see him necessarily throwing hands so much as just like throwing his body. Like when a wrestler jumps over the top rope <laughs> at like three guys. Like, he could just take just out clean, three, three, just four. Just cleaning three guys. He's just a bowling ball. Just drop his shoulder. No one wants to mess with the Yankees, man. We got we got him. We got, obviously, Judge. Like, nobody is, is trying to, like, mess with Luke Voigt. Like, they said uh, Tommy Canely was the first one out of the bullpen. Like, he's looking for ruckus. Nobody yeah. really wants to dance with these boys like that. Everybody wants to be Graham Lloyd. Um, <laughs> and then the second game of the doubleheader, just real quick, bullpen game. Against Charlie Morton, who is a really good pitcher, to go out there, find that win, uh, to really to you know take our lead to the next level, I think it was just really big for this team to wrap up a solid day, and then welcome the very shitty Colorado Rockies. <laughs> yeah, they just like it's like you got to kick them boys when they're down. They're shitty, and they know that like they <laughs> let go of Mike Talkman to start with who played the game of his life on Friday. And then, obviously, Adam Adovino, who still got it. And, of course, my MVP, your MVP, DJ MVP. This guy, he's ridiculous this year. He's having his best year. And the Rockies let those guys go. I, I call us the Colorado Yankees, the New York Rockies, back, like, in the offseason. And Tulo, well, Tulo's not really a thing, but... They they gave us a lot of guys. They let go a lot of guys that we picked up and they're playing for us. And to see them come out there and play against the purple shirts that they used to wear, 
I loved it. I'm like, oh, these guys got a chip on their shoulder the size of a boulder. Colorado, some might say. That was a great Friday. I had so much fun at that game. It, it was so weird because you don't really think about it. Like, you don't, like, I know we've made the jokes about, like, you know, the New York Rockies and stuff like that because we know we have a lot of guys from the Rockies. But when you're actually playing against them and then you look and you're like, wait, you gave Daniel Murphy the same contract that we gave <laughs> DJ LeMayhew? And Daniel Murphy has missed half his career with a back injury. Like, what are you thinking? And he's a good player, but. But he's not this guy. DJ LeMay like, is, 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 yo, he is, he is the true savage, yo. You can put this guy at third base, second base, first base. He's making diving stops. He can play any, like literally play anywhere, any day. He's one of those guys that he's just a ball player. You put him in the lineup. Obviously, he's going to lead off for us and mash. He's got the most home runs he's ever had in the season already. He's hit his RBI total already. And some of the plays he was making with his glove against the Rockies, I was like, yo, this dude's not going to let a single ball go past him. <laughs> he has so much motivation to show them, like, I am everything that you thought I wasn't. I mean, I think you, on Friday night, we were at the game. And you carry a camera with you, you know, like, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. And you did what like never happens and you had your camera out and were recording for a grand slam. Like I saw, I was like, fuck, he got it. Like yeah. the timing, like <laughs> I feel like whenever that happens, you don't get like, whenever you're it's like, so oh, hard to record. do. Yeah. It's so hard to do. You know how many times I'll record and it'll be like, I'm like, all right, Gary's up. And I hate to throw Gary under the bus right here, but I'm like, all right, Gary's up. This is going to be something. And then it's like ground out to second. And then I just delete the video. <laughs> exactly like no i'm like, like how many like, videos have you deleted over the years like i'm the same so, way so many videos a game like each game i'm deleting 20 videos like oh that was nothing when the bases were loaded and ed i just like i don't know edwin has earned his pinstripes he has settled in the ed wing and the parrot like that is a thing they're selling parrots in the stadium uh scott made that dope video with the parrot like on his shoulder like he is a yankee and I don't know. I just knew there. I'm like, the bases are loaded. I'm like, this guy's going to hit it out. He's going to figure it out. He's going to hit it out. And I had it rolling for like maybe a minute and a half. And you got like our little celebration in the box. I threw up the Ed wing. Like that game was a lot of fun to be at. Yeah. I mean, it was a great game. A lot of like good Friday energy. It was very hot day. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I guess Mike Talkman had an all right game. No, nah, like, dude, he had a great game. He was stealing bases. I'm like, does this guy know signs or something? Is he is he using some inside intel? Because he was balling, man. I'm like, yo, why is Mike Talkman even on this team? We when we first heard the name Mike Talkman in the beginning of this podcast, we bashed him, and then he came out and he like hit a home run against the Red Sox. He wasn't really a thing. He didn't stick for a little while. He was making the the trip back and forth. But of course he has to be in the lineup against the Rockies. And of course he's ready to play his ass off. I'm like, dude, he's good now. He's, he looks he's pretty good. He's on a hot streak right now. He's still hitting under 250. Though his three hits were pretty insignificant. And his he threw a guy out at the plate from like 215 feet away. I think we're overhyping Mike Talkman. Nah, Everyone's getting on the Talkman train. Mike Mike Talkman needed the the Rocky series to be like, yes, I can play. I'm here. I have arrived. <laughs> nah, All right. I'm, I'm hyping him up, man. I just think the way that things have gone with our outfield this year, 
it's laughable. It's great for us. Mike Talkman is actually like he's given Brett Gardner some time to rest because we can plug him in there. Even last night, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't win the game, but he I think he had a couple knocks last night. I'll take it from a guy that we picked up because Tyler Wade isn't good enough to play the outfield. Defensively, he's there. He's stealing bases. He's coming along with his bat. He's hitting in a nine spot. And I think they they asked him. He said, hey, I know that guys want to throw me fastballs. I'm in the nine spot in this lineup. I'm ready. Good, dude. Good. Because we don't have John Carlos Stanton. Uh, Cameron Mabin's on his way back. You know what I'm saying? So, like, this outfield, to have a guy like that, you know, I'm I'm cool with it. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Mike Talkman. Let's talk about him. If I told you in the middle of March when we started doing this show that come the end of July, like pretty much like the end of July, right at the trade deadline, a big decision that the New York Yankees would have is who do we go with as our fourth outfielder, Mike Talkman or Cameron Mabin? And that's a big debate. <laughs> I would have been like, how? I would have, how do we get there? Like, what's the math? To, to get to the point where these are the two guys we're deciding on. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's one of those, like, crazy things with this team that is just like, how are we in first place with, like, how are we in first place with this going on? Uh, every once in a while when I, I'm reading a headline like that or it's just like Giancarlo Stanton is, like, not even close to coming back and we're hoping for Cameron Mabin and then I look at the standings and we have the best record in baseball. It's really astonishing. It's a lot of credit to like to this team. And it's a lot of credit to Aaron Boone. Yeah. And um, I tweeted something else out. I was like, for you old nerds that always complain about Boone wearing the uniform, that's dead. Like this guy has managed this team with no names and made them like these guys have become names from Geo to Talkman. And then... <laughs> That rant is one for the ages. I'm like, Aaron Boone is my manager. I don't want to hear any Joe Girardi talk. I don't want to hear anyone knocking him for not wearing. Like, that guy can wear whatever he wants. I absolutely hate his cutoff hoodies. I think he looks like an asshole. It's his style, man. That's what they said about Bill Belichick. And then he won all those rings. And they're, like now there's people wearing cutoff hoodies like that. Like it's, it's how he wants to dress, how he wants to be comfortable out there. It's swag. I like it. Cool dad. I like it. I like I, it. I think he looks like like a Babe Ruth coach in Jersey whose son plays shortstop <laughs> and bats third. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely has that look like he's hanging out over like, you know, hanging out over the dugout. Definitely looks like the dad who's uh, pulling up to the game just to yell at it at his kid for a little bit before yeah. he's got to go back to work. I like it, though, man. I'm, I don't care about wearing the uniform. I care about his rapport with our guys and like. I don't know, not to throw Girardi under the bus, but I didn't feel like the guys were that connected with him. I think back to these teams over the last like few years that Girardi was with, there was maybe a little disconnect. When you hear Aaron Judge and Luke Voigt after the game talking about Aaron Boone, they're kind of like cheeky about it. They're like smiling. They're trying not to give it away too much. They're like, yeah, you know, he's got our backs. We know he's in the trenches with us. That's our guy. We are savages. Well, I wrote uh, a bunch of stuff in 2017 on how like regardless of how the season ended I thought it was the end of the road for Joe Girardi I think even if the Yankees won the World Series there it was time to move on from Girardi because it was just it was a different crop of players like he mm -hmm. came in with still guys from the core four 
and all that. And they kind of worked their way out. And now we were looking at Aaron Judge and uh, and Gary Sanchez and Severino. And we had more and more guys coming, uh, you know, Clint. And I just thought that Girardi would really have to reinvent himself as a manager to do that, to have the same control with the same organization with different players. Whereas I think Girardi, I think Girardi probably ends up managing the Cubs next year. He'll be totally fine. It'll be a young group of players, but he's, you know, he can handle that. I just think it's tough to make that change. So I thought Boone, you know, was, was a good move. Also, he's on like a nothing contract. So if it didn't work out, like we could just fire him and get someone else. Yeah. And a lot of people were talking about, oh, Boone is just going to be a puppet. He's, uh, you know, they're taking him from ESPN and he's just going to be the type of guy to like, you know, follow directions and speak well to the media. And I think those people were wrong. He's a very knowledgeable baseball guy. And I think his personality and the way he interacts with our players is exactly what we needed. Look at this team. That's like like we literally just said, how are we in first? We're in we're in first because the next man up mentality and replace for 28. And now Savage is in the box and all these different themes that have pushed this team through. And he's leading the way. I, I love it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Aaron Boone, especially this year. And when this year ends in a World Series, he's manager of the year. So I think I think Boone's doing a great job. I think Boone's going a lot off uh, off analytics, which is like kind of how the game has advanced. Um, so I think he is getting a lot of information. Like he's not making the gut decision calls that managers did in the 90s and the 80s, you know, and even the early part of the 2000s. I think a big difference between him and Joe Girardi in terms of us accepting him, one is obviously the results, but he doesn't have that fucking binder. When Joe Girardi would pull there. out the binder, <laughs> like that, it's just like, God damn it, you don't even, are you even watching the game, Joe? Yeah, and it's 2019, dude. Put that binder away. Like, what? Like, well, no. no, now they have it on an iPad, and someone just exactly. Tells them what That's it what says. I'm saying. It's 2019. Get with the times. You got an old ass binder and notes and stuff. Like, nah, we got digital stuff, man. This is uh the Yankee team of the future, and Aaron Boone was selected to lead that Yankee team of the future. And so far, so good in year two. And that's what a lot of people got to re- remember as well. He's only been doing this for a year and a half. Yeah, I'll no, take I mean. It. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, it, it looks like he can have a, I mean, he gets a World Series. He'll have a long career here in New York. So let's talk about Saturday. Saturday, we hosted a Bronx Pinstripes event, and it was 1 billion degrees. Yeah. It was so hot out. Um, I think, you know, even like getting to the train, you know, if you have to walk two blocks to the train, you got there and you were wet. Like, it was yeah. just, it was so uncomfortable. Strange heat. It's like. I don't know. It's like as soon as you walk out of your house, you're like, this is different. Yeah, it was soup. The weather was soup out. Um, And we had a great turnout, especially for like the temperature. Like I had a friend who bought tickets and she was like, yo, I'm not going to this because it's too hot. But we had a really good turnout of people um, come out. We had a great time at the dugout. Uh, The Yankees go up eight or no, sorry, nine by the fourth inning. And let's address some controversy. Uh, about sixth inning, uh, at the beginning of the sixth inning, I left. Okay, I believe yep. you you left at about the same time, right? Not not long after, dude, yeah. because my seat was hot. I couldn't sit in my seat. It was yeah. burning my skin. <laughs> so Scott and Andrew have tried to slander us on 
I, maybe on their show that I don't listen to because I can't afford to fall asleep in the middle of the day. Um, <laughs> and definitely on Twitter that we left and they stayed out in the sun as if that makes them better fans than us. Real fans. In my mind, that makes them ignorant. We were up by nine. Yes, the Rockies then scored five runs right away. I was not worried for this game at all. We had some hot fans who were there, went with a bunch of them over to Billy's. You and I entertained them in air conditioning, yep. had a great time there. The Yankees still won. And nobody now, passed out. Nobody passed out. And now, like, maybe Andrew and Scott, you know, like, oh, cool guys with great sunburns. Like, no, what is man. that? It's be? like these, I don't know. Because one, one of my boys, my boy Christian, was, was out there in the heat. And I was just watching him. I'm like, this dude is wild. He's standing up yelling in a game that we we easily won. And he's just baking in the heat. And I'm like, wait, I have nothing to prove to anybody about, like, my heat tolerance or, like, how much of a real fan I am. I see a lot of games in the stadium. I went to three games just this week. I'm not sitting here in the sun. I'll die. I literally was like, I, I have to go to the air conditioning. This game is done. We'll see you guys over there. We'll get started. How many games a year does your friend Christian go to? Like rough know. estimate. Maybe four or five. Okay. So that was the thing I was saying, because there were still people who were out there in the sun. And I was like, these are clearly, they're people who go to anywhere from like one to like five games a year. So when yeah. you decide, like I'm going to that game, when you buy those tickets in advance, you, yeah, you're, you're going to go. You're going to go. I mean, I had to go and film stadium meets at one point, And as I walked through the stadium, there were people just soaking wet with sweat. Like, why are you here? And you could tell, like, there are people who've been there since batting practice, because if you plan a trip to come to New York to see the Yankees, you're still going to do that, because yeah. regardless of the heat. Um, so it was, you know, it was a hot one. We had a good time. We had a good crowd out there. Thank you, everyone who toughed it out. Next event is August 31st. But Scott and Andrew, I mean, get over yourselves because you yeah, stayed yeah. out there in the heat. They don't get any cool points from me, man. I was slipping into a heat coma at one point. I think I tweeted like, yo, this is unsafe out here. But hey, more power to them. Uh, I hope their tans are on point. Um, I saw the end of the game recap video they did with the people that stayed. I'm like, that's cool and all. But uh, yeah, I was in the air condition. I literally took a nap in Billy's. Like I was on the couch, like right by the dance floor. I took like a 30 minute nap because I just was exhausted. So Hey, if that if that's what it takes to be a real Yankee fan, you've heard me talk about people that are, oh, you're not a real Yankee fan or who is a real Yankee fan sitting out there in 96 degree heat with a burning seat. Nah, that's not that's not uh, proves, doing it for me. <laughs> proves nothing. Um, one thing I did notice is uh, you kept your shirt on. Yeah, I didn't. I thought about that later. I was like, yo, I didn't even take the shirt off and get I wanted to get a shirtless pick, but I was so hot. I wasn't even thinking right. Like. I wasn't even thinking about that. Like, all I was thinking was if I have another beer in here or like I was getting sick. I, I went to like Bear Burger. I had a burger, fries, and then the food in the heat. I was like, I'm going to throw up. I thought I was going to puke in there. I asked you at one point because you had left like the section at one point and I like kind of asked where you were and you honestly like you couldn't answer. You were like, I don't, yeah, I don't no, really I don't, know. I, like, yeah, you like, we were like, where did you take that video from? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I was walking. So they had water stations in there. I brought four water bottles in, frozen water bottles. They all melted, and then like, I needed to refill them. Um, I let my boys get the, the extra ones I had, and I went for a walk to find the like water coolers. There was like one water cooler station, 
um, there's just like a haze of heat everywhere you walk. And yeah, I don't remember where I took that video. I think just something happened and I recorded it. But um, that's what I'm saying. I was slipping into like a different dimension of heat. And I just couldn't wait to leave. I like just wanted to get in the air conditioning because I, it's a whole day thing. So like I left my apartment at 930 that morning. So I've been out by the time yeah. I left the stadium. It was like 330. I'm like, yo, I'm already I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm already beat from this. Yeah. At like at 1030 in the morning, I was making mimosas on the corner of like 90th and 3rd Avenue. Just like on <laughs> like it, it caught up to us, the drinking yeah. and being out there. But another big win. Um, you know, th- those are the teams we're supposed to be. We come out Sunday. The team just looks a little flat. You know, Paxson, he looks he looks lost at times, you know, and it's one of those things where I know Larry Rothschild isn't going to fix it. You kind of you got to hope that maybe it's a knee thing and he can sort it out. But, you know, g- giving us three and a third, giving up four earned runs, that's it's not going to it's not going to get yeah. wins, especially when you're facing a Rockies team who we've been like stomping on their necks for two days yeah just put them away yeah where's carlos beltran right now maybe he needs to take another look at him uh paxton is disappointing dude when we signed him in the offseason i'm like okay the big maple here we go that's the first one and i don't know he's underperformed um you expect him to be more dominant you expect him to be better and like you said especially against a, a rocky team that we've we've pummeled go out there and let's finish the series he gave it up. I'm just like, well, between that game Sunday and last night's game uh, with CC, we're definitely going to get some arms. Trade deadline is uh, about a week away. So we, we know we're going to get some uh, arms for this arms race. I can't wait to see what they look like. I can't wait to see who they are. And I, I trust in Cashman. So I don't think it's just going to be a Marcus Stroman or um, a Boyd Bumgarner or one of those guys. I think we're going we're gonna to get two guys, maybe two starters or maybe a starter and reliever, um, we need it. And if anything was evidence of it, it was the last two two losses back-to-back that we took. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I think it, there's there's room for it. We're not, like, we're hearing Severino is, he looks good throwing. He's not on a mound yet. So it's, I don't think that's something we can rely on. So really we have, we, we can't even say we're going to have him. We, uh, Herman, like something has to happen at some point with him. We've got CC, who is, you know, he's he's not giving us full starts, or he goes out there and he's not himself. Paxson struggling. It does put the pressure on, you know, Cashman to make more than one move. But I can I could see him just doing like we we all think we know what he's gonna do. We're all throwing out these names, but then you just never know with Cashman. It right. could be fucking anyone. Right, that's and I said I tr- and Cashman we trust. I know that I will be pleasantly surprised with what we end up getting, and we can't call it right now. Um, I, I think we end up with at least one starter and maybe another insurance starter. Uh, like what year was it? We got like did we get Lance Lynn and then Jaime Garcia yeah. last year? Yeah, so it's like we got two starter and like you know neither one of them were anything, but there's better guys out there this year. Um, I can't. I wait think to there's see more it. pressure too. There's more pressure to go get a guy. Yeah, because we know where, like, we know what this lineup has. We know where we're going. You can look. And last night, I paid very close attention to that game. I, that game was very entertaining, even though we lost. I fell asleep towards the end because I knew it was a wrap. But I'm like, this is a preview of a, a series we might see. Like, the Twins are pretty good. Um, 
they're not going to beat us in the postseason, but they hit the long ball and they got some energy in their stadium. And I didn't realize, like, looking at their lineup last night, I'm like, Marwin Gonzalez, Mr. Boomstick, uh, Schwope. Like, they've got guys from other teams mixed in with, like, the Max Keplers. And the I'm like, wait, they actually have a pretty decent squad. They picked up, I was thinking the same thing. Like, they picked up every guy that just kind of, like, fell through the cracks but can mash. Right. So I'm like, hold on. Actually, they do have something. I haven't paid much attention to them. We played them in the Bronx earlier in the year. But I'm like, they actually have some guys that if we're throwing CeCe out there and CeCe gives up, I don't know, what do you have, four solo shots hit off him very early? Like, that puts us in a tough place. And we were competing. Um, don't get me wrong. We, we, were, we were fighting, and I like that. But there's only so much you can do. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And I think that is, you know, the last two nights, I'm sure Brian Cashman went to sleep, and he's like, no, nah, we can't have this. We need to have uh, a starter that's going to go out there and shove, and maybe two. Because this lineup, still, they still put up six runs, but six runs is not enough to beat the Twins at home. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if we were to face the Twins, I don't think they ever see a CC Sabathia because uh, we sweep them in three games if we were seeing the first round. But um, the one thing with the Twins, though, is they do have the Indians nipping at their heels. The Indians now are all of a sudden in a wild card spot and only three games back from their division. So the whole idea of getting Trevor Bauer Maybe not anymore. Yeah, Maybe he's no. not available. They, there's been a couple of teams who've made like runs that all of a sudden they're kind of they're back in contention, and you know all the trade pieces that we thought would be available. You know, like you know San Francisco was going to trade everyone away. They're two games out of a wild card spot now. Yeah, thanks to the Mets. Put that in the dock. The Mets lost three games in that series, and all of them were in extras. They got walked off for all three of the losses this weekend. The Mets are a joke. The Mets like, are a joke. And the one, like, so Friday when we when we went to the suite and then uh, I traveled home, I don't know why, but I turned on, on, on the TV and I caught the end of that game where uh, Dom Smith was in left field who plays first base. And I don't follow the Mets. But I'm like, why is he out there? And he lets the ball drop they, in front of him. Because they have they Pete Alonso. nothing. Yeah. And then uh, Pete Alonso, he's feeling it after winning the home run derby. I think he's something like three for 34. I saw him like, <laughs> sucks to... Sucks to be you. You hate to see it. That the Dom Smith, I know it fell in front of him, but it did kind of remind me of that uh Matt Holiday ball in the playoffs like years ago that just oh, like yeah. hit, hit him hit him in the dick. Like as you can tell, it just got like in on Dom Smith. It was just like, oh yep. no, no. Coming at you. The ball will find you. And when it does and you're not ready, it looks just like that. But um, yeah, where are we at now? So let's just talk a little, let's talk some. Well, one thing, one other thing, Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt took a, a fastball oh, to the face Saturday. Yeah. on Saturday, was back in the lineup on Sunday, missing, you know, no time. You I know, thought he was going to at least take a game off or like, like not be in the lineup. I didn't want him to hit the, the IL, but that was rough. <laughs> he, he took that like, oh, I can't imagine. I've been punched in the face. I can't imagine the burn and the pain of wearing one of those off the face. But man, what did I talk about on this podcast? I don't know, 10 episodes ago. I'm like, they throw up and in on Luke so much. I'm like, when is he going to lose it? Like, he's going to eventually charge the mound at someone throwing at him. Now he just took one off the kisser. Anybody that throws up and in on this guy, like, I, I'd beware. I, I'd be scared of that guy turning around and, and charging at the mound. He's a former linebacker. Like, he's coming to tackle you. And also, I think it does show this, like, the mentality of this team that, to a certain extent, the idea of next man up 
will keep you in the game. Cause like Voigt goes, you know, on the DL there. Next thing you know, Edwin's playing Edwin, first yeah. base. And someone else comes back. There's the, like, where do your at bats yep. go? You can put DJ at first base, put Gio at third, and then Edwin is DH, and then Luke is on the IL. Like, and he just was on the IL from London. So this guy probably, he got hit in the mouth, and he's like, nope, I'm fine. Yeah, he didn't want to come out of that game. You know, he's, uh, I love it. Um, as we talked about with injuries, Cameron Mabin is starting in AAA on Tuesday to uh, work his way back. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him with Talkman, uh, because at the same time, Giancarlo Stanton's rehab is not going well. He continues to progress, but at a slow uh, slow pace. Aaron Boone said, better but still slow, no baseball activities yet, just continue to work on stabilizing things, making sure the quad is built up and strong, doing things in the weight room, moving slow but talking to G2. He feels like he's making some progress where the first couple of weeks were frustrating because it was slow moving. And that makes me wonder, where, where is the spot for Giancarlo Stanton on this team when he comes back? Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I want him to come back. But the way they're talking about his knee and just trying to stabilize, like, can he play the outfield? Like, No, I, I don't know, man. I, I was so pumped for his second year as a Yankee because I thought he was going to settle in. But year 2G has been a nightmare. And uh, as these games go on and guys like Mike Tockman step up and guys like Hammer and Cameron are trying to come back. It's like, I don't want to say we don't need a former MVP. Um, but it's just not looking like it's not looking like anyone cares to rush him back or anyone is hurting for him. Um, we're we're looking for Sevy and Batances more so than Giancarlo Stanton, because it's just like he can't stay healthy. And again, it comes down to it's not even a matter of like not wanting him or thinking he throws off chemistry or anything like that. But if he can't play the outfield. And he's coming back off like nine injuries. We, you never sit that down. You never put him in a lineup and sit down. Edwin Encarnacion, who leads the league in home runs. And that partly is probably why Cashman went out and got Encarnacion. Wait, this guy is available and we don't know if John Carlos Stanton is going to. Yeah. Give us that extra bat because, yeah, I mean, he's not going to come back in DH. Um I don't know. I, 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 I'm I a big Giancarlo Stanton fan, man. I, I Before he was a Yankee, I thought he was just a freak. Ridiculous. And he maybe he, you know, he still is. But the injury bug has followed him. He can't get right. And this team is rolling without him. And uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't look that great for him. But here's what I'll say. I hope he can get everything together and be ready for the postseason push. And that that's where what I was going to get to. And I was wrong. Trout has more home runs than Edwin. But um, is, is that where we're at, where it's like, don't even worry about, like, let's just forget August. We're not worried about you playing games in August. We're worried about, like, you need to come back with a knee that can play the outfield. Not We can't have a DH knee. We need an outfield knee. So yeah. if, if we could have you back on August 15th and you'd be fine to play the outfield two games a week and DH the rest of the week, that's not what we need right now. We need we need five, six days a week of outfield out of him. Yeah, and then like when September call ups come, like I don't know. I, I I'm I'm looking for him to that's what I said. I'm just looking for him to be ready for the postseason because after the up and down year he's had, if he can come back and have some moments in September, more so October, then that can kind of wash away 
uh, some of the frustration of him not playing this year. If he has a big moment in the ALDS, it's like, yes, that's why we got this guy. That's why we're paying him what we're paying him. Yeah, I mean, I think with all the injuries, and again, like the injuries, it's not like they're, you know, it's not like he's on the DL because he was playing basketball. You know, he got injured playing the game, and we've, you know, people have argued that maybe he works out too much or whatever it is, but he comes in and he's ready to go for the playoffs. All is forgiven very quickly if he hits right. a home run. Right, um, and that's, I mean, that's when hey, you're making all this money and uh, those postseason tickets cost a lot, and that's when we know, you know, we need to get our money's worth out of all of our guys when the games are elimination games and they matter the most. Be ready for that. Bring your MVP status to that, and all will be forgotten. Yeah, if he can play like 15 games in September, and even if he's playing like half a game for some of those with like the expanded rosters, just yeah. to get ready. Like if it's just if he's doing spring training at the major league level in September, basically, I'm fine with it. Let's get ready for October. Um, on the mound, as I said, Severino and Betances are both on track to start throwing bullpen sessions on the mound in early August. So. Maybe we see them by late August making some kind of contribution. I think at this point to um, have the optimism that we've had in the past of like the cavalry's coming, we we may be getting a little ahead of ourselves just with all the setbacks they've had. But the hope is whether it's Sevy can come in and be a 75 pitch starter or, you know, Batantis, I would I think we'd see him at full strength uh, sooner just because he doesn't have to stretch his arm out as much. You know, those would be welcome additions to, you know, to the pitching staff that we have right now. Yeah, they would be bonus. Um, I'm not banking on any of that. I'm not hoping for any of that. It's like, hey, if that's another thing, you know, add them to it. If you guys are ready to help the postseason push, good. But there's a chance that they might not, we might not see them this year. So I wouldn't place any stock in, uh, you know, like Sevy coming back and being a starter, but chances being like, Let's just, you know, week by week monitor this and hope for the best. And the trade deadline is approaching, so we'll uh, try and patch things up there. And if they can bolster our bullpen, bolster our rotation, awesome for us. You think we should? Uh, you think we should pick up Matt Harvey? He got released by the Angels. No, <laughs> Matt Harvey, bro. No, it, he's cursed forever by the Mets. No, he's it, never coming back to New York. We're not picking him up. He'll be in towel the first night back. I I mean, obviously I trust Brian Cashman and he'll he'll look at it, but I don't think it would be terrible to put him in triple A. I, I mean, think I guess yeah, uh throw a couple of dollars, put him there, but like I'm saying, like he's not he's a non factor. And I don't think we bring him back to New York after his uh his Mets stint and his forever cursed by the Mets. Yeah. So like I don't think oh, Matt Harvey is what pushes over the edge. I mean, he started twelve games this year, just under sixty innings, and he's given up forty seven earned runs on sixty three hits. He's given up more than a, a hit an inning, uh, twenty nine walks with only thirty nine strikeouts, and he's had a, a back injury. But at the same time, just from a matter of needing arms, possibly at some point. I don't think it's a terrible idea to say, listen, you've always wanted to be a Yankee and we've got something very close. You could be a rail rider and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and he might take it. Hey, he might take it. But I think Matt Harvey's got a chip on his shoulder. He thinks he's still like Matt Harvey from like 2014. Good. And I think we should I think we should let him be Matt Harvey from 2014 in AAA because if he can go out there. So I think it's he's one of those guys that I just. 
you know when you just feel like a guy can't be motivated? Like, he's so full of himself. Like, yeah. that, is he going to do that? That, like, being like, listen, nobody wants you. Nobody's going to put you at the major league level. But you said you always wanted to be a Yankee. We're going to throw you. It's August. We're going to throw you in AAA. And if you go out there and fucking wow us, who knows? Maybe we need a spot start filled. You get to wear pinstripes once or who knows? Like, just prove us wrong. Prove the world wrong. Yeah, here's and your And go shot. out there and do it. And I he, understand and he, that. And he probably fails. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. He probably fails miserably and gets, like, arrested at a Chili's in Scranton or something or a Bennigan's. But, <laughs> like, but, hey, it costs, like, no money to give it that shot. And at the end of the day, like, part of it when we talked about picking up, you know, guys a couple weeks ago when we wanted Dallas Keuchel, it was more just like, yeah, we need an arm. We need an arm. And so. thank God we did not get Dallas Keuchel. He fucking it stinks. Yo, that dude, man, I'm so happy that didn't. I was, I was very like sold on the whole shave the beard. Yeah, Dallas. Nah, dude, we dodged a bullet with that too because he's not shit. So another thing you want to talk about this week is Chris Paddock uh, loses a no hitter. It would have been the yeah. Padres first going into the eighth, and Mike Leak took a perfect game into the ninth. Uh, are you a no hitter guy? I think no hitters I are total flukes. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think they're flukes. I think it's awesome. And I think uh, for people that don't really watch baseball, um, you know, they don't care about no hitters or perfect games. But if to actually sit down and watch one is dope. I watched uh, Tim Lincecum in 2014 in the fan cave throw a no hitter, I believe. And I think Josh Beckett uh, when he was with the Dodgers. Um, and then I think I saw Kershaw that same year, too. And it is awesome to watch. And it's like that energy is almost like World Series energy, uh, postseason energy, because everyone is just like hoping for it to go down. Um, Chris Paddock, I saw his no hitter. Um, you know, <laughs> Starlin Castro whopped one off him to end his no hitter. And I'm like, that makes sense because the Yankees rocked him and Starlin's a former Yankee. And then Mike Leake, you know, I, I put something in the uh, BP crew. Um, like writers chat. I was like, are we not looking at Mike Leak? Because no. he just threw an almost perfect game. And I know his ERA, he sucks. He's not the Mike Leak of, you know, he's he not the number one pick, Mike Leak. But I mean, maybe he's the, you know, we get Stroman and then we get Mike Leak just in case. Um, I think he he put on a great little audition right there, almost throwing a perfect game against the Angels, who he had sucked against um, when they threw the no hitter. I think two weeks from this past Friday. So I don't know. This is like as a as a fan, I like to see guys um, almost get no hitters, almost no perfect games. Well, I like to see them actually happen. Um, so that's why I threw that in there and wanted to talk about it. So in the fan cave, you saw five no hitters that year. That's what it was. Yeah, it was, and it was crazy. It, like man, I like I I think I named three of them. Um, yeah. Kershaw was one, Beckett was one, and Lincecum was one. Right. Those were the first three. Then there was a combined one by the Phillies. In a Cole Hamill start. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then Jordan Zimmerman threw one, I think, the last game of the season. So we're sitting there all day watching baseball from 1235 first pitch to whenever the West Coast games end. And that can get kind of boring. That can get long in the tooth or whatever you want to call it. But when you're sitting there and it's like, hey, you know, like we won't actually say it, but it'll be like, hey, check, uh, check Linsigam. And then you now you're like, OK, I want to see this. And so I got to see that. And I, I just think it's dope. Yeah, I mean, I just think like there are I, I give more credence to a perfect game than a no hitter, uh, both like because there are some no hitters where guys walk like six guys and it's like, come on, like, what are we doing yeah. here? And then 
perfect to a certain extent like there's a, a certain like luck factor like when cone and wells did it like those were exciting because you're a yankee fan and because i was a kid um but you know paul o'neill makes a, a sliding catch and saves the game like there are plays that that save those no hitters uh and i think when you look at like a lot of these guys who like james paxton threw one last year he stinks right now mike leak has a four nine fip like he's not uh he's not good right now um homer bailey's thrown a couple uh you know he was a, a good pitcher but like there are a lot of bums that are that are thrown <laughs> into this like list of people who throw no yeah. hitters well that's you know, baseball susan like one day some guy can turn it on and just have all his pitches and be locked in and you know immortalize himself um i wish we could trade for that one day but unfortunately you get mike no, you can't no, exactly. Nine. So you can't base. Yeah, you can't base like, OK, let's go after Mike Leak because he almost threw a perfect game. But I'm looking at every possible option, because like I said, I know Cashman's going to get us a couple arms. It's not going to be just we make a move for Stroman and that's it. It's going to be like Stroman, another starter, Stroman, another reliever, or maybe not Stroman at all. We're about to see real soon. Yeah, I just I, I feel like Mike Leak is like getting Lance Lynn again. Yeah, Lance Lynn is better this year than like that pisses me off. Lance Lynn is like figuring it out this year, but like didn't have that for us. I mean, I think you got to look at one common denominator. It's fucking Larry the Rothschild. Pin, uh, Larry I was Rothschild. gonna say the pinstripes. It's tough to play for us. No, but yeah, you gonna mean, put Larry out there? I'm done talking about Larry. I'm done seeing his face. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true though. Because so, now now they're with with Holder coming back, right? I saw Holder had a nice little uh little play on the mound. Yeah. That's why you throw Harvey in AAA, and then who knows? Maybe whoever AAA pitching coaches figures it out for him. Jeez, can you imagine if like bats like that? I mean, if if our AAA pitching coach, whoever he is, is that good, then um, Larry, yo, get out, get out of the way. That job goes to him. Trust me, uh, no one agrees more than me. Um, big weekend for Yankees fans. You know, Yankees history. Mariano Rivera goes into the Hall of Fame. Uh, as the first unanimous uh, ballot ever, um, I don't think, I mean, obviously with sports writers who complain and bitch about every player and, you know, no one, you know, if Babe Ruth wasn't unanimous, no one else should be, uh, finally pulled their heads out of their asses and uh, made someone who I think deserved it, a unanimous Hall of Famer. Nobody did what Mariano Rivera did better than he did, and he did it with you know, really like two pitches and he did it for a very long time. Um, and he, he gave a, uh, he gave a, a pretty good, pretty good speech. Nice shout out to George Steinbrenner in there. Um, although looking at, uh, like I watched the speech, I, I remember thinking like when Jeter retired, like I'm going to be there for Jeter. Like when Jeter does it, I just can't see myself sitting in a field in upstate New York, listening to a guy talk for 20 minutes in the sun. <laughs> Have you ever been to Cooperstown? Yeah, 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 yeah. I went. I've as never a kid. been. So I, I was in the fan cave Jeter's final year. So I've always told myself, okay, we're gonna go uh, when Jeter gets in. And it's, I mean, it was hot as fuck this weekend. All those people were out there, and I think it was one of the highest attendance they've ever had. Jeter's gonna be probably the same. Um, Jeter was in attendance. You saw Jeter. Jeter will probably be more. I was happy to see Jeter was there. I, yeah. I, I didn't know. I was like, is he gonna go? Because I get it to a certain extent. Like he stays. Mo away said from he Yankee wanted stuff. them there. Mo Mo said he wanted them there, and they um he wanted Jorge there, and they chartered a plane from Miami up. Yeah, and I, so like he I, they had to be there, yo. That's your boy. 
I no, I, and I totally agree. And I'm glad to see that because I feel like Jeter. One, he tries to stay out of like public appearances, and he tries to stay away from Yankee stuff because he owns the Marlins and he's trying to be the owner of the Marlins and he's trying to run the Marlins, so he doesn't want to kind of like overshadow things. But I was really glad that he was there. I was glad Pettit was there. Um, it, it's cool to see those guys together, and and also yeah. Mike Mussina getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but seeing these guys now with like gray hair and like their faces a little bit more chubby, I'm like, damn, bro, I'm washed. Like, I know I'm only 31, but I'm like, yo, I watched these guys' whole careers. Like when they talked about, like Mariano talked about him and Jeter, um, like in a Bennigan's in New Jersey, almost crying when they got sent down. Like, like I remember when they started. I was in elementary school, but I remember. Like, obviously, you remember, like, 96, and it's just like, yo, that was so far from right now. I'm like, damn. Like, I, like nah, I just. Like, yeah. I remember like, Mariano imagine when, Rivera. Imagine, I, can't, I can't imagine any further, but, like. I, I remember know, I just, when I Mariano, like, Mariano was a shitty starter. Like, I remember when it was like, this guy sucks. This starter they just called up is awful. You know, long before he had the cutter. He figured um, it out, man. That's another thing, too. His story is amazing. It's just some, it's just amazing to come from where he came from, figuring it out. He talks about how he couldn't speak the language. He talks about how he wanted to be Pele. He wasn't even trying to play baseball. He didn't know how to pitch. It's like, how does this guy become the greatest of all time? Well, he's like a he's uh he's a Jesus freak. Too. Yeah. He, fa- he found God. That's the first thing he said. Yeah, he's you know, my my savior, Jesus Christ, gotta give it up. He hey, God powered him. That he was did. the plan. And then he thanked his family, and he, and he didn't thank his uh, the illegitimate children he had outside of his marriage. Oh, we don't speak on that. He, right? he thanked his wife. He, he said he respected his wife and thanked his wife for all she did while he had to go to work. We don't talk about that stuff on the side. I, man. I, I, of course, I, he's got to get it in. I read, like, there were some articles that came out this weekend about, like, because he's super conservative. Yeah. Um, about, like, some of the people he's aligned himself with. And... Uh, so it was weird to see because, like, all you ever see is, like, the good stuff of Mariano Rivera. And then, like, occasionally someone will be like, well, how many people have drowned in his pool in Panama? But, um, yeah, to start to see, like, some of the illegitimate kids stuff. And so it was it was weird to see that side of to see that side of it. Um, funny story. So 2017 uh, company I worked for, we had a conference out in San Francisco uh, in um, Vegas. And we were like, you know what? Like, we brought in, um, we were bringing like a speaker every year. And we brought in one year, fuck, I forget his name, guy on CNN. Uh, uh, Don Lemon. No, no, no. Um, Anderson Cooper. No, black guy, wears glasses, bald. Uh, oh, I know his name. Something with a V? No. Uh, CNN. He's, I, I, can see, I can see what he looks like. I can't call his name right now. So we uh, we brought him in because my CEO uh, really wanted to bring him in. And uh, it was right after the election. And it, it Van Jones. Van Jones. Yes. Very yes nice it was guy. with a V. Van yeah. Jones. Van Jones. So we brought Van Jones in. And there were a lot of people who were like, you know, half the company was like, well, I don't want to listen to this like liberal crap. Like, I'm not going to this session. And it was like a whole thing. So we decided, you know what? Let's just bring in like a sports personality. So we tried to hire uh, Mariano Rivera to come out and speak at our thing. Uh, he won't go to Las Vegas because of his religion. <laughs> Sin not, City? Yeah, he, he won't go. We ended up getting uh, Don Mattingly. Uh, but no, Mariano Rivera will not go to Las Vegas to speak because there's just 
too I mean, much too much sinning that goes on there. He's still he's still figuring out the English language. There was definitely some words where I was like, yeah, m- most. I mean, it's been some years, and he talked about. It. He's like, you know, guys, help me, um, you know, speak the language, and they didn't make fun of me. But I'm like, he's he's still not all the way there. His English uh, could be a little bit better at this point. But hey, I don't I won't judge. I speak one language. It was kind of wild. He didn't bring his family to like New York. Like he didn't move out of Panama until 2000. I was like, dude, I would have done that fucking immediately. <laughs> you would <laughs> like, think. Yeah, you would think. But, hey, that's what I said. Maybe he was getting it in. He, You know, he was in New York City. It was a different time back then. No, All no. These, these guys. His illegitimate they kids. Had, uh, his illegitimate they had kids social media, Those guys were tearing it up. His illegitimate kids are back in Panama. They're 11 and 15. Um, so this brings up, you know, the next, the next ballot. Derek Sanderson Jeter is on this ballot. Do you think Derek Jeter gets nope. a unanimous Hall of Fame? No. I don't think he does either. Uh-uh. No. I, th- I think if Mo didn't, he would have a better chance. But I think now that it happened, I, I don't think it happening for Mo opens the floodgates of it happening more. I think then people, now everyone is compared to Mo. It's like, well, if Mo was the best closer of all time, is Jeter the best shortstop of all time? Uh, which, you know, obviously, statistically, he's not. No. And people are going to, like, hate on Jeter like they always have. And people debate. And people are like, oh, you know, he was he didn't have that much range. Or, oh, he was overhyped. Or, you know, whatever they used to say about Jeter. He's definitely not going to be unanimous because there's going to be some troll or some nerd in there. Multiple of them to be like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Um, but that doesn't matter. We know he's first ballot. We know he's in. It doesn't have to be unanimous. I love the fact that Mo, our closer, our guy. Only played for the Yanks. First unanimous. I'll take it at it, you know. But Jeter, I I definitely wouldn't put any. If what's the prop on that? I bet DraftKings or someone will have that, you know. Um, Jeter versus the field, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I I agree. I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen for him. Uh, in in that way. I mean, obviously, I think he's gonna be in. Do you? Um, so I don't. I used to care about like the Hall of Fame a lot when I was a kid. It, it's a lot as I'm like getting older, thinking about. It. What as I like look at it, and there are guys like um like Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, like they're not in the Hall of Fame. It's very tough to be like, oh, well, this is like the best of the best, because like those guys, regardless of what they put in their body, were still the best of the best. And then when you look at it, and it's just sports writers who vote on it, it's like, well, who gives a fuck? It's a bunch of nerds. It's not like yeah, like the I, veterans committee, you know. I have uh I have a few opinions on it, like the League of Shadows and then putting an asterisk. But like you guys got like you got to think about it like this, right? These writers are I guess they think they're baseball purists and they're going to try and keep like it's going to change over time. Right. Because the writers are going to get younger and it's going to be a different generation. And eventually that's going to change. And these guys are going to get voted in. Some guys are going to miss it because of the time frame and it's just going to be too late for them. But there's no way you can like say you watch Barry Bonds. And he's not in the Hall of Fame and you think that's okay. Like steroids aside, like he still stepped into the plate and hit those balls. Like he still was one of the best baseball players you ever saw if you watched him play and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, the League of Shadows has created this whole thing or like even like I think they threw up um, the guys for next year and they put like Jason Giambi um, under Jeter as like the, one of the potential guys for next year. And I don't know what what percentage he got voted but like there's going to be these older guys that are going to sit in those positions and in those chairs and those roles with their votes and and try and do everything in their power for that not to happen. And it kind of taints the whole thing. It's like 
I don't know. It's kind of wishy-washy. It's like this guy is in, but this guy is not. And, you know, this guy was allegedly a steroid user or this guy um, isn't in because uh, he got caught, you know, failed a drug test. I don't know. Uh, it's not it's not the same Hall of Fame as it used to be. Now, here's the other thing. When they laid out like some of the uh, the people, you know, it was like, oh, Giambi. Like, I don't think Giambi is a Hall of Famer. Do you think Giambi no. is a Hall of Famer? ESPN so, put him right under Jeter for like next year's potential Hall of Fame ballot. And I'm like, they're not. No. Could Derek Jeter be the only person in next year? I mean, that probably would be the best bet for them because it would be so many Yankee fans. And like I said, I might go. I haven't I've never been to Cooperstown. And when I was in the fan cave, I got a bunch of G I'm literally wearing a Jeter patch on my shirt right now. Like I got so much of the uh, farewell captain tour merch. And I'm like, okay, the first time I'm going to go is going to be for Jeter's induction. I even like, I have this like hat collection that was like 500 bucks. He's like limited hats. So I'm like, man, I would love for Jeter to sign this. Probably not going to happen, but I'm going to go. Um, and I, I would love it to be just Jeter's day. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there are guys like, Clemens or um, Bonds who like maybe they break through because they've gained some votes over over time. But I think there's a chance that it's just Derek Jeter standing up there in Cooperstown. And I think that I think that would be pretty cool, especially, you know, as a Yankee fan, we obviously put him on this pedestal, whether it's fully deserved or not deserved. Um, I don't know. But, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it. I don't know. I don't know that I'll that I'll go, though. I don't know. It's it's kind of up in the air. I figure. Like hotel, you'll wait, you'll wait till CC. No, I think just like ho, ho, no, I just don't know like how often I'm gonna go back to Cooperstown. Like I went my last, I think I went in like 2017, like February 2017. I went for my birthday. I went for like my 32nd birthday. I mean, it's kind of far, right? It's kind of a far drive. It's a it's a bit of a drive. Like it's cool. Like if you go with your girl, like me and my wife went, and it's like all right. Like we did a little road trip. It's a couple hours up there. We went in February, so like so much shit was closed. We um uh, of like just like the local businesses, but or like they they're only open like so much of that town is based around the Hall of Fame. So like there are card shops and stuff like that that like I popped into. Uh, but you get to go through like, you know, the whole tour with no one really in the building, which is great. You know, you walk through and you've got a ton of time to look at everything. And there's like some breweries up there. So like it was a weekend like getaway. You know, my wife surprised me with it. But uh, I don't know that I just I want to deal with those crowds like <laughs> in the heat as I'm just getting older and, and more grumpy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm definitely going as of right now. I would like to go in theory, but so much happens in a year and so much change. Like, I don't know. I will say, though, where I am going, um, as we're about to wrap this up, I did book uh, the flight to L.A. for the World Series preview. Yankees-Dodgers late August is going to be sick. I can't wait. Yeah, no, that's um, that should be a good time. You know, going out there, I think there's going to be a certain level of excitement. Have you uh, been to Dodger Stadium? I have not been to Dodger Stadium. I love Dodger Stadium. Uh, just because, like, I just have seen it for so many years of, like, yellow seats. I've seen it on, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've seen it in, like, MLB The Show. Um, it's just, like, I don't know. The first time I went to Dodger Stadium was two years ago, and I was like, yo, I feel like I'm in, like, a movie. Hollywood. Yeah, it's – uh, well, you're a guy who has dreams of maybe living in L.A., you know? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm probably going to go over there and see if we can get this uh, Bronx Pinstripes crew L.A. chapter started. I don't know if we have that, but maybe I'll be the first one to like 
wrangle some people together. And, uh, you know, my girl Serena, who was in the fan cave with me, she's a season ticket holder, well-connected out there. Um, I told her, I was like, yo, I want to see the Pantone 294 crew, like the, the Dodgers fans that mob like that, that were just in Boston. And she's like, they don't always come to home games, but they're definitely going to be there for the Yankees game. So you'll see them. I'll introduce you to some of them. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, I just looked up for this same weekend in Cooperstown next year, and like every decent hotel is is already booked. Booked, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much Damn. of a, uh, no, I don't know, because like I got a lot going on, and I'm sure by by next year I'll have a lot going on. Where if it's too much of a hassle to book that trip and to drive up there, I will just watch it on TV. Plus, you could be a movie star in LA. You might get discovered out there next. I month. mean, I'm not even trying to be in movies, but. LA is dope. My sister lives in West Hollywood. Um, it's closer to Coachella. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about booking a trip out there. I still got to see as it gets closer. I will. Uh, I, I did just book the first weekend of September in Boston. So I'll, I'll be in Fenway Park ready to fight. So we'll see who's out there. You got anything else for the people this week? No, man, it was great meeting everyone. Um, definitely a lot of the Philly chapter came up to the Bronx Pinstripes outing Saturday. We got one more of those left. I know we've got uh, some people coming from overseas. That's uh, August 31st. I guess that's Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So um, tough day. Looking forward tough to day closing to that pick. one out. It's a yeah, tough, tough day to pick, but we're 4 0. So I would like to see us be 5 0 Bronx Pinstripes crew at the stadium this year. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So if you didn't come, to the Bronx Pinstripe event this weekend, you may have noticed we had the big Fire Flames shirts. The DJ LeMayhew is my MVP. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to tweet at Scott and say, Scott, sell those shirts. Because you know what? Me and Andrew are pushing them. We're going to get those shirts on sale. A lot of people want those shirts. Tell Scott you want those shirts. We're going to make him put them on sale so that if you didn't make it to the event, you can get one. We can support our MVP. Come out August 31st. Buy tickets early. Buy them often. Uh, it won't be 100 degrees, I hope, and we'll have a, we'll have a great time then. Uh, and you know what? I'm already working on the shirts for that one, and they're going to be – it's going to be a collector's item you're going to want. And if I don't see you there, we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.